0: Defense! Choke him out! Step on the throat!
1: <laughs> got the win, did what we needed to do.
0: And uh, we've got another group of seniors that's leaving this program that has never tasted defeat in a rivalry game. And...
2: Oh.
3: such a happy Utah boy today <laughs> BYU catches it on the chin for seven straight years
2: I know you like that right all right so uh we've got a lot to get through today we're gonna be breaking down the Utah BYU game the latest on Colin Kaepernick and so much more joining us right now on the phone from Houston it's Utah's favorite Kenneth Scott Kenneth what's going on going good how about yourself Going good, going good. Uh, long time, no see. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> What's been up? You know, just living the life,
4: you know, I'm out here in Houston, just living it up, man. Uh, you know, a family man, uh, you know, just just enjoying life, you know, for better for work.
2: Family man, you getting those uh, daddy books ready?
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm over here learning, you know, especially the main thing is I'm um, not trying to buy so many clothing items, you know, and shoes and stuff like that trying to stay away from that temptation.
3: You're having a baby girl?
2: Yes, yes. I'd so, say start, you know, start
3: practicing not. buying shoes now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, and she needs her own closet. Man, I ain't trying
4: to spoil her. That's the that's, that's the only thing. Like that's the only thing.
2: Uh, so did you watch the game last night? I'm assuming you did cuz I saw you tweeting. You know, of course I did. <laughs> yes, I did. You know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a youth,
4: you know. So, uh, yeah, I definitely watched the game, and I'm glad Yeah, we got the seventh win. You know, it, it, it was – it scared me at the end. You know, my, I was biting my nails.
2: Like, and I ain't, to let you know, I ain't got no nails anyway,
4: but I was biting <laughs> my nubs. Uh, <laughs> Your
2: nubs. <laughs> Yo, that was – that game was pretty weak, though. Come on. You got to be honest. It, it just – it didn't live up to the hype to me. You are right. It didn't.
4: But, you know, even though we struggled – We still got the win, which was funny. I'm like, man, we we didn't, like, with all these penalties, and the penalties is what killed us. We should have had, like, 30-something points and stuff like that. It made my prediction all wrong.
2: So, look, before we really get into it, I want to do something real quick. Uh, Since you rap, I want you to spit a little freestyle to recap the game for us.
4: All right. Uh, Let's see. (laughs) Got me on spot. I ain't get to
3: prepare. She's a rude lady, man. <laughs> she
2: is. You know, I'm like, dang. Just give <laughs> us like a, a quick summary of the game, just a, a short freestyle. <laughs> All
4: right. Uh, let's see. Huntley dishing passes to Carrington, effortless. Us losing to BYU, treacherous. It's evident that we better. You can see it through the evidence. BYU, irrelevant. 7 0, <laughs> relevance. The pastor when you go to church on Sunday, that's today. I hope y'all pray for your sins because y- y'all should have prayed for a win.
2: <laughs> there we go. That's Yo, we got to clip that. <laughs> nice job. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about that. The penalties. God, how many? They ended up, they have five penalties in the first half. And then they had four in the second half.
4: Man, I, I don't know what's been up, and it's just like undisciplined penalties. Like penalties that's like, like, are you kidding me? But the one, the one of the penalties was bogus, though. The holding on Tyler, Tyler, uh, Tyler Henley, Come on now, like, how's it gonna
2: be holding on the,
1: <laughs> the ball? Like. <laughs> well, yeah, I saw that. I was like,
2: yo, I'm no expert, but I don't think he could have gotten a penalty on that.
4: <laughs> that should be on Sports centers. Like, come on, man, not top ten at least. Like. That should be on Sports Center.
2: And let me correct this. Utah actually had seven penalties for the game.
4: Yeah, but man, that's that 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 negated like a touchdown for us, like field position. It's just it's just a whole like momentum. Man, so like I said momentum. <laughs> uh, <instead of> <laughs> momentum, uh, you know, so those penalties really hurt because it was in like key situations too.
3: So I remember when I was a young college athlete, especially my freshman and sophomore year. When I was playing guys that were a lot better than me, I played better. And when I played against people that I thought weren't as talented as me, I often played worse and played to their level. Was there some of that going on with this game last night?
4: I think it from a standpoint of BYU fake, like they played up to their level because, you know, we're better than them. Uh, You know, athletically, we're physically more gifted than they are because, you know, we're better athletes on that end. You know, um, I mean, that's obvious to see. We haven't, you know, um, but I think they played up to the – up to par, you know, because we're, we're the better team. But we're just sloppy. We didn't we didn't connect on, like, all cylinders like we should have. Like, we were just sloppy, um, especially with the penalties. But the good thing is it's, like, minor details that we had to clean up. Like, you know, and um, once we clean up those things, you know, sky is the limit.
3: It seemed like that that game – The Utes, especially the offense, and I'd even say that Hunley was this way, he was super nervous when that game started. that, That building is so loud. He's never been in a situation like that. And then as you watched the game unfold and the offense unfold, it seemed like he got more confident, more comfortable, and had settled down emotionally.
4: Yeah, yeah, man. And that's what I love about Tyler. Like, even though this is like his second start, he seems, like, comfortable back there, you know, and he got that confidence and that swagger about him, you know. Like, and that's something you can't coach. Like, you can't coach a player to have that much swagger about himself and things like that and the confidence. And, like, when he started, when he came out running, and I was like, okay, a little, a little Lamar Jackson. Like, he ain't <laughs> as, like, explosive as Lamar is. But, like, you know, he's able to do, you know, some of the things. Like, when he throws on the run, it's fantastic. That deep ball he threw to C.O.C. Wilson, like, Throwing off his back foot, basically like fifty yards. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. This dude got a little arm to him. So like, you know, when he calmed down, man, he's 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 a beast, man. And I loved it when in the beginning, like he he ran like a couple times, and you could see when he was looking at the sideline, he was tired because he he ran that much like like that. I was like, man, that boy is tired.
2: But see, that's one thing that I am worried about, though. Um, I like what I see from him so far. Uh, I like the confidence, the speed, everything. I like that he can run. But to me, I'm like, okay, don't run. Don't always settle for the run. Just be patient. Let things develop. Give it one or two more seconds and pass. Do you think that he's running too much? And it seems like nowadays, though, like I'm watching some high school football and all the quarterbacks, they're run first quarterbacks.
4: Yeah, and that's what I'm kind of nervous about um, for him. You know, I just don't want him to get hurt. Uh, that's that's my biggest fear for him. Because, you know, he does run a lot. And it's not like – I think in the second half, the coaches kind of told him told him to start sliding a bit because that's when he started sliding a little more and, like, diving to the ground. But, you know, he's, like, taking on, you know, D linemen, you know. And I'm like, whoa, taking on linebackers and trying to run them over, you know, for extra yards. I mean, that's the competitor in him, but – you know, I just wish he was more on a safer side, you know, because we need him for the whole season. Yeah, we I love it what you're doing in the game, but I'd rather take you for the whole season. I don't want him to get nicked up, you know, and have shoulder problems and things like that because he's taking on all this beating. Um, you know, I just want him to be safer out there, run out of bounds when he can, slide when he can, so he can avoid taking hits.
3: Is uh, his willingness to run so quickly, is that because he's not comfortable in the pocket yet? You just in terms of from an educational standpoint?
4: What I think is, um, for him, to be honest, his best passing is on the run. Like, he's not a better like, – like you were saying, um, he's better throwing on the run. You know? um, so I think that kind of suits him more. So he's, like, in a quick hurry to get out the pocket. Like, he don't really sit in the pocket as much. But I think he should, you know, step up in the pocket. That's the same thing Lamar Jackson had, too, that he's doing doing better this year. You know, he, he st- like last game, he stayed in the pocket a little more, you know, like scooped in and things like that. They were showing him highlights. And I think um, he should develop the same way. Just stay in the pocket for one or two more seconds and then, you know, and then nothing really happens then get on, you know. Um, but a lot of times he, you know, escapes the pocket too early, you know.
3: What do the big uglies think about uh, quarterbacks running like that and throwing on the run? Because it seems like that they're a type of squad that wants to move vertically.
4: Uh, the, the biggest thing is, I, like, I'm so scared of, like, uh like throwing on the run, it puts you in awkward positions to get hit and exposed way more, you know. Uh, because
3: the, the linemen team. can't keep up with them and protect, right?
4: E- exactly. So, that it's a lot of uh, injury-sake things that can, you know, be involved with it that I'm scared of, you know. But, you know, uh, I know the coaches are probably going to be in his ear about it, you know, trying to be safe because they need him for the whole year. <laughs> you know, they love that he's a competitor, but – you know, you got to be safe at times, too.
2: Is there times, say you were playing right now, uh, you were playing with Huntley as, you know, your quarterback, would you be like, bro, stop running so much, pass me the ball?
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I'll be I'll be like, I'll just tell him, like, man, if you would have waited one more second, like, you know, don't,
4: like, put him under the bus, like, man, bro, if you would have waited one more second, I was open. I, I would say something like that just so he can get it in his head, like, okay, what if I wait one more second? Like, you know what I mean, little things like that. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I'll be like, just wait one more second, bro. I'm I'm, I'm open every time. And then, you know, that will give him, you know, the conscious, and like, to be like, okay, let me stay in the pocket one more second because he did say, like, the past couple times that he was open for one more second, you know. So let me see what he does this time. So it's just about planting that seed in his head so he can um, think about it.
2: If you're Troy Williams and you're watching on the sideline, do you give him advice and feedback or are you like i'm waiting for you to mess up so i you know so i can show why i should have been the starting quarterback
4: i wouldn't i don't think he because i don't think troy is that type of person to like hate on somebody um i'm pretty sure troy gives him advice on the sideline but i don't i don't see that in troy to like you know be a hater and be like Man, forget that. It's about me. Like, I can't wait till you mess up. I think Troy, <laughs> you know, just like uh, Tyler last year, you know, was helping Troy out, you know. Uh, I think the same thing um, goes for Troy as he's on, you know, in the same position Tyler was last year. You know, he's helping him out. I'm seeing what, things that he's seeing. Even Cooper Bateman, I've seen him, you know, laughing on the sideline together, you know, and, and giving each other advice too.
2: Yeah, see, y'all better than me because I would have been like, yeah, there's no I in team, but there's a me, so... But that's why you'd be riding yeah. the bench. I'd be like, yeah, I'm waiting for you to mess up. Oh, Put me in, coach. Oh, oh, man. I mean, also, going back to Utah's offense, they reached the red zone seven times, but they only capitalized with four on four trips with field goals. What, what do yeah. they got to do to improve that?
4: Man, that's one thing, man. We... That one penalty killed us about the pick play. That killed us, even though, like, that that wasn't a pick. But because if you, like, watch it, the DB, like, just messed up. He went with someone else. When it was just a it was just a bad call. But, you know, just the penalties. And then, you know, I'm not going to say it was a play call or anything because there's no such thing as a, a, a perfect play. You know, it don't matter what the coach calls up. It's up to the athletes to perform, you know, whatever they call up. And if they perform it, then it's supposed to you know, it makes the coach look good. But, you know, I just think, uh, just more execution, you know, as far as everybody's roles. Um, but yeah, I just think they just got to get dialed in more. Um, cause the red zone, man, we just scored just, if that's just the difference. Instead of scoring field goals and we score touchdowns, it would have been a blowout, you know, and that's the hardest part, you know. We've been struggling with the red zone, um, you know, what, since last year, too. Um, the red zone, that's what was good about Travis, uh, Wilson, you know, uh, he was a beast in the red zone, you know, whether it was jumping over people, bullying people. So I just think we just got to get more aggressive in the red zone as far as like determination of getting
3: in. Last night was the first time I'd say in the last 17, 18 years of Utah football that running hasn't been the focal point of the offense. In my mind, I thought it was a beautiful thing to start seeing this more of a West coast spread offense type thing with dominant receivers. But in the back of my mind, I was like, this is, isn't quite Utah football. I imagine that Whittingham's going to bring the running game back. Do you believe that?
4: Yeah, yeah. I was. I ain't going to lie. I was kind of, I was like, dang, we we haven't been running the ball that well this yeah. game. I said that in my head. I'm like, dang, that's surprising. But then again, like, I'm looking at Huntley's stack. I'm like, oh, okay, Huntley's been the one running, you know, making that up, you know, in his department of, you know, if he
3: ain't seen that, nobody's
4: going out and running it. You know.
3: He had 98 years. yards rushing last night.
4: Yeah, so it's like he kind of put the rushing in his hands in a little in, in a way, but just like Coach Wiss said, he just want more production out of everybody else besides Tyler. Uh, Tyler, so he won't get hurt and things like that. But yeah, it was shocking to me to see our running game not do as well like usual. Because man, you know we are a running first team uh, basically.
2: You keep bringing up uh, Lamar Jackson in comparison, and it kind of seems similar to me. You know, we're watching Louisville play uh yesterday North Carolina and then it's just like you know he's taking matters into his own hands he's rushing he's the one getting a bunch of rushing yards for the team uh scoring touchdowns it it just reminds me of Huntley
4: yeah yeah exactly I and it's weird because they're like friends Lamar Jackson and Tyler Huntley are friends they uh from the same area and stuff um so it's like he, it's like Teddy Bridgewater in, in college too. You know, They that's just their style of play. So um, the the coordinator, you know, he was dialing up a lot of run pass option type plays. Um, so Huntley just took it in his own hands. It's like, and plus they was letting him run too. I would have been, you know, I would have been running to the two if I was Huntley, but I just wanted him to be more safer.
2: See, my concern going into this game was that BYU wasn't going to be able to stop Darren Carrington. Um I mean, he had 129 yards, but it was Huntley, the one that was putting on, you know, the show last night.
4: Yeah, yeah, he was. You know, and, um, like, I didn't realize that Huntley can sling that thing, man. He was looking <laughs> for everybody. Um, he, he was slinging that thing. I was like, okay, he got a little zip to the ball. And what surprising us was we was throwing the ball across the middle. You know, that's the biggest thing. Like, yeah. we don't – like, our offense, it seems like we like, – like, when I was there, like, we just threw, like, to the sidelines all the all the dang time. I'm like, come <laughs> on, let's go over the middle. Like, you know, let's go over the middle. And, and you know, seeing them throw the passes over the middle, I'm like,
2: that's what I'm talking about. That's what you got to do.
4: Um, So that was, that was a good thing to see, you know, looking at them throwing the ball across the middle.
2: As you're watching these games, do you ever feel like, man – I need to be back out there on the field. Like, do you miss it? Like, playing, you know, with your guys, your teammates, uh, what goes through your mind when, you know, you're watching the game? Oh, yeah,
4: I miss it a lot. You know, just thinking about it, um, you know, we always be like, man, if if we was in like, it must be nice to be able to, you know, be in this type of offense, you know, um, to where they more focused on, like, passing, you know. Our main objective when I was playing, we was like, all right, let's block. For uh, let's make sure we get on your blocks to, uh, you know, for Devontae, for John White, you know, mm-hmm. for you know, it's 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 crazy because when you go into our office of meetings, our first objective was to, all right, let's see if we can get uh, 200 yards rushing this game. It was never focused on the passing. You know, the only thing we talked about passing was third down conversions. You know, let's convert on third down, and then that was the only thing we ever talked about passing. It was more focused on. Let's be run efficient. Let's get this much rushing yards and things like that. It never really was focused on the pass, really, except for get our third down conversions. <laughs> I mean, granted, we were, we did well in that department, but, you know, it just it's crazy. Well, it's a good thing that, you know, we're shifting the culture in a way because if we would, I think the game has evolved to, you know, being more pass efficient. Now every team is passing more and more and more and more. And that's what, it takes to win games now.
3: Well, you can't light people up anymore if you're a safety, too, which, you know, it's kind of you see this in the NFL, too. It's definitely more pro receiver and passing and scoring.
4: Yeah, definitely. And that's what's kind of cool in the back of your head as a receiver. you like, shoot, either he going to try to – if he hits me big, that means he's going to be out the gate because he's probably going to target me. So mm-hmm. now I ain't got to be scared to go across the middle. <laughs>
3: Speaking of targeting, I, did you think that that was the appropriate call yesterday? Um, I, I I get that he turned his head down towards him, but the player it did it didn't seem like a vicious enough hit, even though the kid lost his hat.
4: Yeah, it, I mean it, I think football. I mean they're trying to be more safer, I guess. But like that's just football. Um, you know, um, according to the rule, you can't hit a defenseless quarterback when he's sliding. So I guess that that's the rule. I guess so. Broke the rule, uh, but you know, as as far as football, uh, I think it's like that's why Coach Witt didn't want to touch on it in the press conference because you know, it's like football, like things like that's going to happen, you know. Because um, if that's the case, shoot, if I was a quarterback, I'll be acting like I'm gonna slide every play and just, just keep on running, you know, and <laughs> mess around with him like that. But um, you know, I just I, I don't know, I just think we should get back to football and I don't know. I so I can't, it's, it's kind of like contradicting because it's like. You don't want no – you want you want people to be safe, but then you promote these hits. It's like, ah, it's kind of contradicting, but uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say about that hit. <laughs>
3: so let me ask you a question about when you play. When you catch the ball and you start going, you know, whether you're going out of bounds or you're kind of doing a diving catch, do you notice the defense slowing up before they make contact with you? You can –
4: Yes, because they're not as reckless anymore. Before, um, they just used to throw their body at you, yeah, right, and don't care about the result. Now it's like, okay, they're buckling down. Like they're, it's not. They're more concerned about like positioning now, trying to make sure that you know, uh, it's not a, a illegal hit or anything like that. So I, I see, I, I see a difference. People are like not trying to, you know, they're not playing as well. When we played against uh, Vontaze Burstick when he was at Arizona State, oh, my god, Beast. He was the most, like, he was scary. Like, I did not want to go across the middle against him, you know, and, and I think football is losing that presence because of this, you know, You we were trying to be on a safer side.
3: That's a big advantage for you and great slot receivers, isn't it? Knowing that yeah. your opponent's going to have to backpedal or slow down.
4: Yeah, exactly. That's why I shoot. I'm like, okay, throw me across the middle. I'm cool. I know he ain't going to try to hit me because if he do, he's going to be out. (laughs) He ain't going to risk that.
2: So let's talk a little bit about Utah's defense last night. Uh, They held the Cougars to 233 yards, didn't allow them to score until the third quarter. What did you see last night from Utah's defense that you liked, and where can they improve?
4: Man, the D-line is ridiculous. Like – I don't, man. Our D line is just and they're deep. Yes, yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, every, I don't, I don't see our D line not getting at least one or two guys drafted every year. Like, you know, if they're eligible, you know, I, I don't see. I mean, they're just so great. It's ridiculous. Um, and then our linebacker crew—they're getting better. Um, Cody Barton was flying around a little bit. He was making some plays. I, I liked him. He was doing good. I think our secondary was the biggest. You know, concerned because how young they were, um, or they are, and then they really showed up, man. I, I like Jalen Johnson, man. He, he's I like his size and stuff as a freshman too. You know, confidence he plays with. I like Julian Blackman's confidence, confidence. You know, so you know, I'm you know, I'm I'm a good advocate on the on the defensive side. They're always going to be good. You know, I, I like everything about them. It seems like they're improving every every game.
2: Yo, Tanner Mangum looked shook.
1: Me
4: against that defense, he
2: really did that's the Utah effect.
4: Remember Jake Heaps after uh, after I gave against him and uh, I think it was the City 10 win, Jake Heaps never looked the same. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird, man. it's just that Utah effect that we have on players. It's weird. That defense is ridiculous.
2: Yo, he was throwing interception after interception last night. I was like, dude, you need to put the backup in.
4: Man. And I'm surprised they didn't. But you know, he Tanner Mangum, he's you know, he's like the god over there. Um you know, so they're going to stick with him to the
3: wheels fall off. Booby Hobbs seems like he's matured quite a bit in these last 14, 15 months. And it almost seems like on when I was on the sideline last week that he's becoming a team leader and is just such a positive go get him, uh, you know, clapping on the sidelines, you know, uh, slapping people on the butt. Have you noticed a big change in him too?
4: Oh, yeah, yeah. And he spoke about that too. You know, he tried to. He's trying to be more of a positive role model as far as, like, because he's the, you know, I think he's the the oldest guy on the, like the secondary, you know, um, as far as grade-wise and how long he's been there. Um,
3: and he was that you know, first uh, game-changing recruit, correct, in terms of athleticism and talent. And, I mean, I know that there were some other guys around, but he really had that flair.
4: Yeah, yeah, because, you know, he was uh, the return man type stuff and all that. So yeah, he was definitely a, a game changer you know, I I love his approach now, you know, he's more of a leader, a vocal leader and, and he's out there, you know, helping the young guys, you know, even in the off season, um, you know, he was out there helping the guys, um, as far as like in practices and even the off season winter conditioning. Um uh, he was out there being vocal, you know, and keeping that tradition alive of you know lead by your lead by example um
3: and he's not as rowdy as he used to be like he used to be a wild kid on the sidelines when he was you know first came into the program and like i said earlier it's just an almost a night and day difference of who he is it's neat
4: yeah and you know that's just maturity um being in the program for so many years you know you just mature um and he gets it now so you know i just hope that he continues to keep thriving you know i love that interception you know i loved it i was like yes You know, he's doing a great job so far.
3: Does Whittingham seem like a happier man to you and a happier coach these last year and a half?
4: Yeah, I think so. I think Witt would be the most happiest once we get over that hump and get into that uh, Pac-12 South championship game. Man. I think that's when when he would be the most happiest. But until then, I think he just – that's just aching him in his spine. It's like that – that itch you can't like get rid of, you know, or that fly that keeps on flying around you. Like you just can't get rid of that. So I think once you get over that hump of us actually getting into the Pac-12 Championship, because we'd be so freaking close, it's, it's like mind-boggling, and then we just never get in. But then you have USC, who freaking like plays not not well in the beginning, but then all of a sudden they they're
3: like, fantastic of on offense.
4: Like, and we beat these teams, like we beat the USC, the UCLA, but somehow they always. You know, so I think Coach Wit—that's a chip on Coach Coach wit shoulder. Like, once we get over that hump, you know, we going thats when he'll be the most happiest.
2: Listen, Coach Wit is not worried about y'all. Have you seen his <laughs> retirement package?
4: He—he <laughs> he don't he, care he,
2: about he, y'all. He's <laughs> he like, I'm he's cool. That. I ain't even got to make it to a Pac-12 championship, and I'm getting all this. I'm good.
4: All this, that, man. That's that's crazy. He he, gets, he getting buku money right now, man. He. he <laughs>
3: I remember, it's called uh, generational wealth. <laughs>
4: oh yeah, easily. And and like uh the cars he's able to drive cuz the the dealership just um I believe the dealership just, you know, he rents them or leases them or something. And I remember riding around with him in the Porsche to a uh, press conference. Man, I felt like the coolest guy ever cuz is the coolest guy ever?
2: Yeah, he ain't like, tripping. He the coolest. Yo, so Gordon Monson uh from the Trib wrote last night the Cougars simply cannot beat the Utes. They just can't. Even when they can, at least in theory, they can't. <laughs> <laughs> are the U are are the Cougars ever going to be able to beat Utah? Man, that's that's dang, Gordon. He he put it. He shoot. <laughs> he just dang. and that's not the only line. He had another one too, but that's the best. Uh, he had another one. The Cougars will never beat the Utes. Never. Ooh.
3: Well, I think that that's (laughs) why the Pac-12 Conference and Pac-12 Network made such an emphasis on finding a new rival for the Utes, which is the Buffaloes.
4: Yeah, yeah.
3: Because BYU, it's changing in women's soccer and softball, too, where for 15 years, BYU ran on them. And BYU and every program starting to struggle because the talent and athletes that the U is getting is something that this state's never seen and BYU right. cannot only not compete against Utah. I'm not sure that they can compete at a high level at the Mountain West with what's going on with their coaching staff. They're a mess.
2: Like for rivalry, did I say that rivalry? Yeah. For the for the rivalry game, I'd rather see and I know people have uh, I've caught flag for this, but I'd rather see Utah play Michigan. Alabama. Ooh. Yeah, something I mean, we I'd beat them both times. Yeah, I'd rather see that than, you know, a uh, overhyped rivalry game between Utah and BYU. Uh, until BYU gets their crap together, I don't want to see this game anymore.
4: And you want to know what's crazy? So last night I was looking at the game and they were talking about how this is the seventh win, you know, uh, for so coach Witt is now 9 and 3 against BYU. So with this being our seventh win, that means he had a losing record before this run. So he was 2-3 and three against BYU, and it all of a sudden went on this 7-0 this and zero streak. And that's
3: what's crazy. BYU used to be a good program. <laughs> 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 uh,
2: why do you think BYU is struggling? Is it because they're, you know, the rules that everybody has to follow, uh, you know, to sign players?
4: To be honest with you, I'm not going to b y u because of that i'm i'm gonna be very honest i don't want to be honest with you I don't see how they get players in the, to be honest because i I would have broke the honor code within the first day honestly <laughs> i I just don't see how they can I, as a recruit you know you you know you, you kind of want to go to college to like you know have fun you know experience things I don't think they can be able to experience things at b y u to be honest with you as far as like you know, outside of the field. You know, you want to get the whole college experience. And uh, I don't, you know, I don't think, you know, especially uh, high school kids coming out into college, they want to have fun, you know, and experience everything. And I don't think they'll be able to experience that at BYU with the honor code, you know, and especially them. I remember the Harvey Lunga situation, uh, this recent situation with uh, the guy named Bernard. Like, kids looking at that like, wow, they can't do that. Okay, I'm not going there, like you know what I mean, so that kinda hinders them a little bit,
2: so what is the whole college experience Kenneth scott
4: <laughs> you know you just wanna as a young as a young athlete you know you wanna a lot of a lot of times people uh you know they they never had a chance to go out you know with friends and you know go to a party and or a uh or an event like like on campus they have a lot of events on campus that you know uh that lets you just interact with people, you know. There's going to be times where you get into relationships and, you know, and, and discover who you are as a person and, and you know, things like that. And in, at, in college, you don't want to have to worry about, a, like, a am not going to say a mistake as far as, like, you know, involving as as relationships with another, like, you know, another partner, even intimate, you know what I mean? Uh, there's a lot of things that involve growth in college. You know, you're going to go to parties, you're going to maybe drink, uh, you know what I mean, things like that that you wouldn't be able to do at a college that has an honor code. Like, you know what I mean? You have to live life with inside a, a rule book, and, you know, and it's very, very strict. As far as, like, go to another college, you know, you have more fun because the rules aren't as strict. You know what I mean?
3: And there's bigger issues going on besides – just a player's sexuality and everything and drinking and wanting to have fun. When the Pac-12 or when BYU applied to the Pac-12 and the Big 12, all the schools came back and said we cannot have you join us until you change your LGBTQ rules and guidelines and moral standpoint on these young men, women, and other that attend that campus. And with on, that, what
4: happened to the LGBTQ. Uh, what, hold on, they, they
3: you can't be gay them? on that campus. What? Yeah, that's you crazy. you can hold hands as um a couple, but if you are caught kissing, having sex, you're kicked out of school.
4: See, and that's and that's wrong.
3: It's that's, way wrong.
4: Like that's completely wrong, you know. And that's that's the thing you want to you want to be free in college and and learn and and grow, and and that just hinders you from growing. To be honest with you, you don't have fun. That's why I ain't gonna lie. A lot of a lot of players come down to Utah to you know have fun, you know. I mean, come down to Salt Lake City to have fun instead of being in Provo, you know. But
3: you can also, I'm an alumnus of the U, and you can also have a real conversation with your professors in a classroom, and you can have, um, you can, your your academia is presented where you can choose any direction you want to go and not feel censored and, and uh, like, you're neutered. The BYU, right. just as a regular law student, you can't have that. You can't have a... A, a conversation that's consequence free and that's the beauty right. of college
4: right that's true
3: and that's until that true. changes they're done
4: yeah that's true
3: and then there's no uh, conference alliance either which i think is uh i think at least kids in the sec and the big 10 and uh the big 12 and pac 12 that i that emblem means a lot doesn't it Mm-hmm. yeah gotta
4: love being in the pac 12 that's one, that's one thing I kind of wish uh, Utah did. Because um, you know how Utah, we have a lot of uh, players from Texas and Florida. Mm-hmm. I wish our out-of-conference games, we can schedule an out-of-conference game to play against a Houston or a Sam Houston or a Rice. Or- Miami. That'd be dope.
3: There's a you know rivalry. Who's the real you? Miami, Utah. Let's go.
4: Exactly. You know, schedule someone that schedule at least, that's two games right there because Texas and Florida we gotta touch those because that's where our recruits are from and you know, a lot of our recruits Texas and Florida we already got California because we're in the Pac-12 but at least go to uh, play a team in Texas at least so people's families in Texas can go to that game at least play a game in Florida so the team's players you know our, our people on our team can families can go to the Florida games you know what I mean um, or you know. Yeah, one of those. You know, that'll be awesome. That'll be awesome. I think that's the next thing that we need to
2: do. I know people obviously know about Utah, uh, but like Utah football, the program and everything, but I think it'd be it'd be a good look, especially if mm-hmm. you're playing a team in Texas. Right. That that's a really good look for Utah football. And I think it would even put them even more on the map. People yeah, will start like- talking about Utah football a lot more.
3: Those TCU right. Utah games were money. Yeah, for a decade.
4: And didn't, because um, yesterday, didn't Arizona play Houston? Yeah. And that's great for recruiting. Like, come on now. Like, that, from a recruiting standpoint, like, man, we get to play in Texas? Oh, I'm there. Like, you know, it's, it's just a different feeling. Like, if, if they just play one game in Texas and one game in Florida in the out of conference games every year, that'd be awesome. If Baylor can schedule a Liberty, I'm pretty sure we yeah. can schedule a game with Baylor. I know we can schedule a game with Houston. Like you know, we we got to be able to like Florida International, FAU. We got to schedule somebody like in Florida, somebody. I
3: think that, I think to be fair to Dr. Hill and Whittingham, I think that they kind of have protected the Utes last five years non-conference games because they were in that transition of making the jump from the Mountain West to the Pac-12, and you can't have the Notre Dame's and. Ohio State's and all these teams, when you're transitioning and upgrading your athletes, you have to make sure you're bowl eligible. But I think that that turn is coming for the U.
4: That's true. You're right about that. That is true. That is true. You're right. You're right. I forgot about that standpoint. Uh, yeah, because that is true, man. Uh, I think we, but I think you're right. I think it's a good time now. You know, I think yeah. we made that transition and we good now. Um, yeah, so I think we should be, you know, within the next couple of years, we should at least.
2: Some at least do that and i'll go ahead and there
3: were a lot of eyes i mean i thought getting those two fresno games were really important because of the success of the Carr brothers and i think the eyes of talent that think about fresno and and i think that going to san jose state was important for these last three or four years because of stanford and cal and you know those kids are watching in the north
4: yeah definitely Definitely. I'm going anywhere where the eyes are
2: watching. (laughs) And uh, wrapping up this topic, I have two more uh, things I want to talk to you about really quick. Uh, Game balls for offense, defense, special teams, and honorable mention.
4: Um, My game ball goes to Tyler Huntley on offense. On defense, it has to go to Mocha (laughs) Fisi because he's just a force. (laughs) He's a beast. Mocha Fisi is a beast. And for special teams, you got to go with Mitch with yeah. like, he, like I love the dude. Like the, he makes punting, he makes kids want to punt. Like he, like him, Tom, like they made like me want to stay out the practice just to like mess around with punting.
3: Did you, did you know, see Tom Hackett's cool. tweets? He was like, for everyone that said this game was boring, he was like, this is the best game ever. <laughs> Hashtag fourth down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tom is so cool. He's funny. I love
2: Tom. And who's your honorable mention going to? The uh, offense, uh, offense, defense, best team. Whoever you want.
4: Uh, it got to be. Oh, man, to be honest, it got
3: shoot to you um,
4: for uh, <laughs> t- Twitter. <laughs> man, for, for Gay was pretty good. Who? Which one?
3: Uh, Gay, their kicker. Matt Gay.
4: Yeah. Oh yeah 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 got it yeah yeah you're right yep yep he got he got it he got it to me uh, yeah. Yeah, he has it. Yeah, he has the honor budget for me. Yeah, you're right. He has to get it. He's, he was clutch,
3: you know. Chase Hansen was a beast. And he had eight yeah. tackles. He had a sack. You know, he's a, he's yeah, a disruptor. A
4: it's, it's hard to – because Chase is one of those guys that's like like him, Moncafese, Lolo, like they can literally get it every week if they wanted to. And, like, so I try to, like, give Spread it. Spread the wealth. A you know what I mean? Yeah, because they, they can honestly get it whenever they want because they're just those type of players.
2: All right. Uh, last thing here on this topic, uh, Pac-12 predictions for week three. You ready? Yeah. Arizona, UTEP. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going
4: Arizona.
0: That's a pick em game.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they have a chance. Uh, UCLA, Memphis.
4: I'm going UCLA. The Rosen one.
2: <laughs> the chosen one. <laughs>
4: Oregon State, Washington State. Washington State. Oregon State, man. Oh man, they they make me mad, man.
3: Their uniforms make me mad. That dumb beaver they have. <laughs> that's the worst.
2: I think you're pretty biased right now because what's the hat you're wearing? <laughs> you got a big oh, freaking duck on your hat.
4: Yeah. Oh man.
2: All right, uh Arizona State, Texas Tech. Oh man. Uh Texas
4: I'm Tech. Going with- yeah, I'm going with Texas
2: Tech. <laughs> Why are you going with Texas Tech?
4: Because Arizona State's been disappointing to me. I like that one running back, Balash. He a big, he a big. I'm like, dang, you, you,
2: you, you know, huge. No. <laughs> um, he been eating a lot of cornbread. Yeah, yeah
4: he, he look like he's from the South because he's big and fat. Like, he do nothing but play football. Like, that's all he do. Um but, yeah, um, I'm going with Texas Tech. I think their offense, I don't know, this that's that Big 12 spread attack. Because they're they going to put up points, and this is up to – and with uh, Arizona State's defense, the way they run their defense, like it, I don't know, it involves a lot of risk because they blitz so god dang much. Like, and so, like, and with the amount of Texas Tech passes and his quick throws, like, they may catch him off guard. Catching, I don't know. It, that's a wash game. I don't know who's going to win that one.
2: All right, Fresno State, Washington. Oh, Washington. Uh, Stanford, San Diego State, and you better say San Diego State. what do you like? San Diego State or something? <laughs> Hello. I'm from San Diego, fool. I know, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> you still gotta like, ride or die. I mean, I feel you, I feel you, I feel
4: you. Hey, San Diego State, they did uh they did look kinda cool though, I ain't gonna lie, but they ain't winning the game.
3: <laughs> they beat Arizona State last night.
4: You know what? We huh? do
3: They beat Arizona State last night.
4: Yeah, I know. They look kind of cool. I saw, I'm mad at Arizona State. Like, you a hater. Arizona
2: State.
3: Hey, what's going on?
2: You a hater. Moving on. Not Northern right. Colorado <laughs> or Colorado?
4: Oh, Colorado. I like Colorado's receivers. They're nice. I like them.
2: Uh, Oregon, Wyoming? Oregon. Oregon
4: was surprising me. I'm like, dang, Oregon? I didn't know they, but they almost let loose and uh, had Nebraska come back for a second. I said, oh, hold up. Hold up, Oregon. I messed up. <laughs> Texas USC. I'm going with USC. I'm all right. I'm a deep down. I'm a Trojan. I'm a Trojan. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Growing up, I was a Trojan fan. I'm going with SC. Hey,
2: what area did you grow up around there again?
4: Uh, Rialto. It's in San Bernardino County. Yeah. Um, yeah.
2: I got you. San Jose State, Utah. You know, I'm rolling with the youth. You know, <laughs> I think we're gonna win. I think we're gonna win by like twenty-four points. You just jinxed them. I uh, don't know. Come on! Don't say that. We are gonna say Kenneth Scott made Utah lose to
4: San Jose State. I don't know why. I feel like I don't know why I thought like it just twenty four just pops up in my head when
2: I think of San
3: Jose State. I think forty. I think they put forty on them. Oh
2: y'all tripping the way the offense played last night? Not forty. No, that's
3: just part of the rivalry and nerves and being in Provo. Like that's a different game. You you can't count that game. But
2: still against North Dakota. The offense wasn't too too strapped.
3: North Dakota I mean, was good.
2: It's yeah, all it. good, though. We're going to put up 40. We're going we gonna to put up 40. From 24 to 40. 80 40. Yeah. <laughs> 80
4: 80.
2: We got it. Utah just lost. Uh, Mississippi, <laughs> California. Cal. Cal. What you, what'd you say? Mississippi or Cal? I'm going with Mississippi. All right. We're going to see. We're going to tweet these out. I want Cal
4: to win, but. Oh man, when they play against Weber State,
2: I'm like, come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> like, Yo, Twitter was on fire. Everybody was like, Y'all watching Weber State? I was like, I gotta turn to this.
3: Did you hear what the California governor's trying to do with uh UC Berkeley's athletic program? He's trying to can he's trying to close it because what? their their athletic program's like $110 million in debt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they pay a lot of coaches for a long time. And uh you know, the California economy is so bad that they're, they've basically gotten rid of every department in that state that runs negative. And the big glaring one right now is Berkeley sports. That is crazy. Mm.
2: You know, California's in debt when we still uh, when we had to pay 10 cents for plastic bags at the grocery store. Man, I some cheap <laughs> I'd, be I'd be like, you know what? Charge me. Yeah, nah. me and my brother, we go to the grocery store. We'd be like, nope. put it in our hands. We walking out. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need no bags. Yeah.
4: That's crazy.
2: <laughs> All right, uh, we're gonna be right back after the break. Uh, we're gonna talk about Colin Kaepernick, the latest that's going on with him. Wake it.
1: Ultimately, it's to bring awareness and make people you know, realize what's really going on in this country. There are a lot of things that are going on that are unjust, people aren't being held accountable for, and that's something that needs to change. That's something that you know, this country stands for freedom, liberty, justice for all, and it's not happening for all right now.
3: Is this something that's evolved as a philosophy in your mind, and how has this kind of progressed that you make a stand like this?
1: It's something that I've seen, I've felt, um, wasn't quite sure how to deal with uh, originally, and it is something that's evolved, it's something as I've gained more knowledge about you know, what's going on in this country in the past, what's going on currently. Uh, these aren't new situations, this isn't new ground. Is things that have gone on in this country for years and years and have never been addressed, and they need to be. Will you
3: continue, to sit? you continue
0: to sit?
1: Yes, I'll continue to sit. I'm going to continue to stand with the people that are being oppressed. Uh, to me, this is something that has to change. And when there's significant change, and I feel like that flag represents what it's supposed to represent, and this country is representing people the way that it's supposed to, I'll stand.
2: All right, so Colin Kaepernick, his employment status has been debated heavily ever since he became a free agent at the end of the 2016 season uh, with the San Francisco 49ers. A lot of people feel like he does not deserve to be back in the league. I'm not one of those people. We are going to debate this topic right now. We'll start with uh, Kenneth. I was about to call you Kendrick Lamar for some reason. Uh, <laughs> we're going to start with Kenneth Scott. Uh, how do you feel about this uh, topic, this situation? Man, I'm going to be honest, man. I, it's
4: sad because it's like, you know, he is he's sticking up for everybody as far as, like, the people who've lost their lives, Um you know, dealing with the police brutality and stuff like that and just trying to get everything equal. And and it sucks that they, the NFL is using him as like a, you see what's happening to him, you know, and that type of thing. And it sucks that he's being used as an example, but we let like people who, you know, like, and what this is what irks me the most, like Ray Lewis, like, getting it like everybody was supportive of him, like when he was going through his murder charges, like you know what I mean, or well, like uh, allegedly that murder stuff. But he did it, you know. <laughs> you know, it's like, man, it's it's sad to see not that many people with him and not and a lot of people not seeing what he's really fighting for. They're looking at, they're not looking at the bigger picture of why he's doing it, you know. And that's what's sad.
2: You bring up Ray Lewis, uh, and then there's also Michael Vick. Michael Vick spoke out about, you know, you need to cut your hair or change your hairstyle um, yeah. if you want to be in the league. Then Ray Lewis, obviously, speaking out after his girlfriend, uh, tweeted out a pic comparing Ray Lewis and the owner uh, to a scene from Django Unchained, where Samuel Jackson is the loyal house slave, uh, you know, that whole thing. Uh, so he yeah. he spoke out after that. My thing is, you, you too. You two of all people are speaking out about a man, about Colin Kaepernick when there's you guys, you know, uh, Michael Vick, you're, you're a felon and you got another chance. Ray Lewis, you went through a murder case, you know, and got a chance. Uh, You have people that are playing in the NFL Uh right now. So you, you mean to tell me that it's okay to play in the NFL and the owners allow domestic violence, you allow, DUIs, you allow all of that kind of stuff, but you're not going to allow someone who is standing up for what's wrong in America right now?
4: Yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy. And you see the, the, the NBA, how they're with the players for standing up, but the NFL isn't? Like, come on, man. that's That's just crazy.
3: Well, the NBA doesn't have the United States Defense Department spending billions of dollars on advertising. Which the NFL does, and I'm, I wonder if that's really at the heart of this is a conflict of sponsorship money
2: oh well that's the probably... that's the thing the NFL does not have the same rules as the NBA, and the NBA players have a lot more freedom of speech it's a It's a players' league in the NBA right. versus the NFL it's not my problem too but
3: the the nba did this for a long time with that great player from the nuggets and he got ran out of the league too uh mahmoud abdul raheef yeah he got he got he was one of the best point guards in the world and then he started um you know doing his muslim prayers during that and he was out of the league in two years so i think that i think i don't think the nba is as clean as what folks are saying
2: no but the thing is too what upsets me is that People think that this is about Colin Kaepernick protesting the national anthem. They also, it's not really, it's more about standing up for injustices. And people are so ignorant. People, I was listening to something last night. Somebody called into a radio station and said, I don't understand why Colin Kaepernick has to do this. He was the first player to do this. Now all these other players want to run in line behind him and do this stupid stuff. First of all, know your history. Colin Kaepernick is not the first athlete to stand up against, you know, injustices. He He's not. Um, right. So it's just when people speak out on this, I, I think a lot of people don't take the time to really understand why Colin Kaepernick and others are doing this.
4: Yeah, it, it's it's just ridiculous, man. Like, they just bash. And the funniest thing about, just to go back to the Mike Vick thing, talking about his hair like Mike Vick like your his look was more thuggish more you know more compared to like you know what Kaepernick's will. Kaepernick's not even that bad he just have an afro like a big old afro like I mean of course I know what it symbolizes but like I don't know let's just say Michael Vick wrote me the wrong way when he was talking about his looks
2: and it does because it's just like uh, what we work with now I, I went to a National Association Black Journalist Convention in New Orleans last month. And it's where, you know, all the journalists meet up, blah, 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 blah. Um, And one of the guys that was on air, that's on air, has dreads. And Mm. we were all looking like, wow, like, that's dope. Like, they let you on air as a reporter with dreads? And he was like, yeah, like, you. how often do you see that, like, in local news, somebody on TV with dreads? And then you have right. someone like, you know, Jamel Hill on ESPN rocking the braids. You have, yeah. you know, Colin Kaepernick with the afro. Like what why does your hair have anything to do with this? Why? And then in in our community, you know, it's just a there's a lot of women who go through that with their hair right now it's just like oh I can't be natural because you know people are going to think of me like this I can't wear my hair like this to work because people are going to you know think I'm too black I'm too ghetto you right. know it's not it's not the norm I can't do that so for Michael Vick to say that it's just like come on bro like you're, you're pushing us back you know we're trying to go forward we're trying to be natural and rock this and do that and you're over here saying we can't do that
4: which is crazy, man. I don't understand it. Like, I don't. I don't see where he, where he, what he's getting with. And it's funny that my Vic uh is it his wife or fiance or somebody.
3: I think they call him his girlfriend.
4: Oh, his girlfriend. Yeah. Which he had said, <laughs> uh Which he has stopped doing because he has said that. That was the most funniest part. <laughs> you
2: know,
3: go but ahead. I, I've, I've had that experience too. I, I think, and I really respect what Colin Kaepernick is doing. I, I'm happy that in pro athlete and so on as visible as he is is calling attention to not only the nfl fans but to a larger audience but when you when it comes to television they have a cookie cutter way that they're going to do things and i was told that i could get a reporting job if i cut my beard if i combed my hair and if i lost 25 pounds and yeah so it's it's when you go in television there is a protocol that you have to do, and if you are a major superstar in any sport, they're going to make you change.
2: But the thing is, sports—you should—that's completely different than you know, on air. Like, and I have to do the same thing too. Like, I have to be but, like.
3: But who are the big dogs? Uh, Tom Brady—he looks like a model. Uh, Kobe Bryant looked like a model, and he had short hair. Never had facial hair.
2: Kobe Bryant had an afro, though—a little mini afro.
3: I, uh, yeah. So
2: it's just you're I can't speak
3: to... on the lengths of afros, but <laughs> there was a difference between Kobe Bryant's hair and what caught the wildness that Colin Kaepernick's hair. But has. to me,
2: it's not even wild. It, it has nothing. To me, it has nothing to do with like it. it it's you're trying to use that as as a scapegoat, Colin. Right. the The whole thing is Colin Kaepernick. You don't like what he's standing up for, so you're trying to use. His hair, what he's doing on social media, as you know, as something to say, oh, that—that's why you know the owners are kind of scared because of his appearance. When I'm when trying has... to find
3: doubt because in my head I don't understand. Why people are being so cruel about this topic and why we continually as a society allow injustice and racism and xenophobia. And so me by creating these ideas of, well, maybe it's a broadcast issue. Maybe it's this issue is because as an American citizen, I have been disgusted by the racism and cultural conversation that we've had since I was a little boy. You know, it's brutal what we've allowed to happen in this country.
2: Listen, all I have to say is that Colin Kaepernick has better numbers than nine starting quarterbacks right now in the NFL.
4: And that's what's sad. It's like it's not even, it's not even about his skill set anymore. It's about what he did. It's crazy.
2: And so that's why I feel like people are trying to make excuses. Like I said, the hair, the this, the that, whatever it may be. And, you know, people are – you have Roger Goodell – over here saying, I'm no expert in football. Dude, you are the commissioner. Like, how are you not going to be an expert? You you know, you know, have him say, I'm not an expert in football, but I think he, he may be on a team and, no, he's not being blacklisted. No, like all the owners may have not gotten together in a closed-door meeting and said, we're going to blackball Colin Kaepernick. But to me, it's a common understanding. You don't have to have yeah. that conversation. It's a common understanding that, we're not about to let him in this league.
4: Right, right.
3: So there's conversation out there that he wants a $20 million a year contract and a starting job and that he won't be a backup quarterback. Is there truth to that also, or is that just part of this fabrication of keeping him down?
2: He said that he would take a – he wants to play. His whole thing is he wants to play, and he would take a backup position. He just wants to play. Right. How –
4: I think that's the thing. I think he just wants to play. Like, he don't care where it at. Like, I don't think that contract thing had anything to do with, you know, him not being on the the team still.
2: So, you as an athlete, do you feel that you can – because this is what uh, Snoop Dogg was uh, talking to a while back ago on First Take. And he was saying that you got to pick one. You can't be a full-time athlete a full-time pro athlete and a full-time social activist as an athlete yourself. Do you think you can do both? Uh, I think you can. I think you can. Cause you, well,
4: I think you can, because you have the platform. I mean, just like, just like when Snoop was, was with, uh, in like the NWA stuff, like they use their platform to uh, do social injustice. You know what I mean? So, why can't he? You know, so I think you
2: can, Sasha, if you, if you do it right. Sasha,
3: I don't know why he's not playing. It doesn't make any sense well, to me. I, I don't understand why really progressive markets like Seattle chose not. I to I thought pick that him was
2: going to be the perfect fit.
3: Yeah, it's you know, because of the, especially with the leadership. Because I think one of the concerns that's been brought out in this conversation is the distraction issue. And, you know, the reason why Carrington's not with Oregon is because he became a distraction to the team concept. And I don't necessarily buy that in the professional league. I think that men are so busy and there's so many other issues going on that they probably don't even care uh, to a certain perspective on what their quarterback or their wide receiver or their diva is doing. Uh, but I don't understand why Miami or, you know, one of the uh, Detroit wouldn't, even in New York, with these super liberal it doesn't make sense to me.
2: Because at the end of the day, who are the people with money? The people with the money yeah. don't aren't going to allow a Colin Kaepernick to be that way. It's a distraction. Yeah, but the
3: white audience in Seattle is different than the white audience in Alabama. I'm not talking
2: about the audience. They're not the ones they're not the ones paying the money though. The it's you have to change the mindset of a billion dollar owner. Somebody, you know, like like Skip was saying. Uh, Skip Bayless, he was saying too like a lot of these men with the money, the old, you know he covering the NFL, he's saying a lot of the guys with the money, they're old school white guys, you know old school white guy mentality and they don't want to see any of that. So that's what it comes down to. They don't, I don't think they really care about the audience or anything like that, which they should because, you know, they're the ones paying the ticket but I think it's the concept of you have all the money you want to be in control. You're not going to let this man come into your organization and do all this and that, because like you said, who are the sponsors also, you're going to lose ad. You might, I don't know if you will, you might lose advertising, you might lose X, Y, Z, and that's money coming out of their pocket. Mm. And it's just a lot to deal with. Like, do you want, you have, like right now you have people, uh, organizing, protests and marches and all that kind of stuff and they see all that and i think the owners are like we don't want to deal with all that you know because if you you put them on the team then you're what if you have other people coming out to protest and march and people already have signs up saying we will not stand uh we don't stand for uh colin kaepernick sitting and all that kind of stuff you already have you know so I think that's where the owners are looking at. Like, we don't want to deal with all that. And to me, that's not okay. The the morals
3: are really weird in this whole conversation because you don't want to have this man talk about something. But everyone around that supports football is totally cool watching two human beings destroy their bodies for entertainment. That's weird. It's backwards.
2: And, you know, back to numbers, people want to throw up, oh, Colin Kaepernick doesn't have good numbers. You're using his last year when he played with the 49ers. And they sucked. He had or no Yeah, they had no one around him his last year on both sides of the ball. Like who he didn't have anyone to throw to. You're using those kind of numbers to justify an argument that it doesn't make sense to me. You he had no one on his team. Get him a good team. Get him people to throw to besides, you know, Jeremy, Quentin, Tori like who are they? Like who 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 are they? Shoot, I might as well be on the field.
3: If a bigger, <laughs> if a bigger star took this role of what Kaepernick's doing on, would it be more successful?
4: i I, I believe if like, uh, say if who's the biggest like black uh, star like in the NFL, like
2: if
3: one of the Tom Washington backs or something or the Seahawk
2: backs, I think it's all about looks.
3: Is it because he's yeah, half white? and— and from Nevada State, like,
2: but he look, he, yeah. He's Colin Kaepernick is half white, but when you look at him, what does he look like? He, look, he looks black. Okay. He's got the afro, you know. Like he's got he's got every to me. Like you look at him, and, and that's the whole thing. Like he looks. Some people would say he looks threatening.
3: He looks like the modern representation of the new man, where he's biracial, and you know. To me, yeah. True.
2: Yeah. But I mean if you like if you have uh, and I'm I don't know why I'm blanking Sierra's Sierra's baby, baby daddy, oh, right. uh Russell yeah, <laughs> Russell Wilson. Like if you had somebody like that, maybe it'd be different. Because what yeah. does he what does he look like? He he doesn't look he doesn't look like to me, I say this because Colin Kaepernick to me does not look threatening, but I'm gonna say this coming from, you know, the mind of someone else. Maybe Russell Wilson doesn't look
3: as or the, threatening. Or the wide receiver for New York. What if he started doing this? Uh, Odell, not, Odell yeah. Beckham. Yeah.
2: Nah, yeah. Odell. That's but a whole he different has that. Story. He has
3: Nike <laughs> behind him. He's the biggest paid athlete in NFL. Would there be a social acceptance if he did that?
4: Can I think so? Or like, if Russell Wilson would have did this, oh, he would been. I don't think he would have get this much backlash as uh, as um. Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. Like if Russell Wilson was in the same position as Colin Kaepernick as far as like what he's doing. I think Russell Wilson wouldn't get this type of backlash.
2: No, but the thing is too, the right, I think Colin Kaepernick is the right person for this because he, the way he speaks, he's right. intelligent. Uh, he can speak to the topic. He's still learning. He's made some dumb mistakes along the way. I, I can say that. Um, but as he said, he's still learning. This is a learning thing for him as he goes. Um as he's starting to find out more facts and information and learn about other cultures and everything like that. But I still think Colin Kaepernick is one to speak on this. Like, All to right. me, you're not going to get the same if Marshawn Lynch, you know? Like, he's not going to have the same effect as it, and I love Marshawn Lynch. But speaking right. out in a press conference, you're not going to have the same effect. Do you think the sound that we just played and Colin Kaepernick is standing up there answering questions— is Marshawn Lynch going to do the same thing?
4: Nope. Marshawn Lynch is going to act the fool.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, it's just, it kind of sucks, but I don't think someone should be blackballed for standing up for something that they believe in and something that is, you know, definitely wrong with our country. And that's not the only thing that's wrong. There's a ton of things we can sit here for days and go over things that are wrong and racial inequalities and gender inequalities and all that kind of stuff. But just speaking to this, you know,
3: it's terrible. I I think it's very important for sports to be able to have this dialogue because it's one of the few interests that at least this country has that isn't just one race enjoys and the other doesn't. The whole country gets behind sport. And it's not just black people playing. It's not just white. It's not just Chinese or Japanese. Everybody can play with the ball, and a lot of them become very good. So – I hope that we don't lose that in sport, whether it's boxing, whether it's NFL, whether I like this idea that there's a safe zone where we can have a national conversation and agree to disagree. But the great thing that's going on is this conversation is still happening,
2: but it hasn't
3: been he might be he might be disenfranchised from the league. But his conversation is a conflagration everywhere. And that's that's still right. important.
2: But I think too, like Sage still made the comment on ESPN, which I I, you know, don't agree that she made this comment. Like, all right, we're gonna talk football. We're not gonna be focused so much on this Colin Kaepernick stuff. Yeah, you but
3: know? Colin Cowherd's still going yeah, to Yeah,
2: but it's still like what? You you can't talk about it because we're going to the NFL season. This is about the NFL and you have right. a quarterback that has taken a team to the super bowl half the starting quarterbacks right now in the NFL have not even taken their team to the super bowl and none of the backups have taken a team to the super bowl. So you mean to tell right. me this man is not good enough to be a starting quarterback or a backup quarterback. That's trash. Ridiculous. I don't know. I mean, if, if you, I know it's completely different um, for college athletes you know they don't have it, to me it seems like they don't have really the freedom you know obviously uh-huh. that the pro athletes do um uh, but how would you handle this if you were playing you know at utah right now um would you want to take some sort of stance anything like that or you know what what would you do
4: um i would want to but the thing about it i like for me the backlash I would definitely want to. But then again, it's like, are they going to punish me with my eligibility? Am I going to get punished? Like, you know, just, I don't know. The NCAA has so many rules. It's like, everybody's getting scared of being punished. And it's like, dang, like, I would love to take a stand. Like, remember, I remember, uh, (laughs) it was, it was like a, um when Aaron Hernandez was going through his trial and stuff like that or whatever. A lot of our players was like, Man, forget that. Like, uh, you know, they were taking stands and writing on on tape, like free Aaron Hernandez, like taking a stand and then they got buckled down, you know, so, <laughs> dang, that's, just, that's just what we like believe it. Like, you know and it's, so something like this, like nature comes apart like um well, standing up for our rights, I think it'll be had the same type of treatment. They'll just like don't do that or you'll get suspended or something like that and it will I don't know, it just Will would take a backlash like that, too.
2: But, you know, there are other ways that I think college athletes or pro athletes can uh, make a difference and still stand up for injustices or any other topic that they believe in um, by not doing that. I, I don't want people to think that you just, the only way that you can stand up for injustices are to, you know, not stand during the national anthem or to put your fist up. There's other things that you can do in the community to help make a difference.
3: We had an interesting oh, we had an interesting one here when you were at the U Kenneth, and it was when our student body president uh, changed the fight song, the Utah man fight song and to get rid of the word man because it wasn't an inclusive um, idea oh, yeah. And then Whittingham comes out and goes, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And the football team went right back to that song, even though it had gone through the bylaws of the University of Utah, where that word's banned. And so, I think it can work both sides. True, uh, you know. Did you notice anything? Because you were, uh, did you notice any um, backlash with the students at the Mus? Or did you guys have conversations about changing that fight song when it was going on?
4: Uh, like, I remember the conversations that people wanted to be changed, um, but to me, I felt like, I thought, you know, to me, I'm like, I was in a way of saying, like, well, if, if that's how people, like, say if a female is like, I'm a Utah man, like, of course, a, a female is not going to call herself a man, like, you know what I mean? Um, so, I was in... You know, I feel like, I was like, okay, I feel like they they should have – I feel like they should have two versions then. Uh, you can say Utah man if you want to, or you can say a Utah person if you want to. Like, it's whatever – I feel like you just change it to whatever you feel like in a way, you know what I mean, instead of – I don't know. I just – that that was a tricky one. Like, it's, there's two sides of it. Like, you don't know what to say, you know.
2: I'm a tomboy, so should I say I'm a Utah man-woman?
4: <laughs>
2: See, that's
4: the thing that's so difficult. Like, of course. Yeah, it's just so difficult because it's two sides of the thing. Like, you both, like, I don't know, it's just difficult.
2: Last question from me here on this. Will Colin Kaepernick be on an NFL team this season?
4: I hope so. But the likely, I think right now it's like 30% chance. (laughs) But I hope so. So that'll be awesome. That'll be awesome, a person fighting for what they believe in and still get an opportunity. Well, shoot, I mean, there's so many people that got second, third, fourth chances, and he can't get a second chance? Like, come on, man. That's just crazy.
3: And why does he need a second chance I was for s- say, yeah. speaking? You know, he's not threatening people. He's well protected by his First Amendment rights.
4: You're right. And that's to- you are totally right about that. It's not even about a second. You're right. Like... Yeah, this whole thing is just crazy to me. It's just so stupid. Like, I don't understand. Like, he should be in the league regardless. Like, even Cam Newton has said he he, he should be a starter in the league. Like, his 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 friends and foes, even the foes are saying like Aaron Rodgers he should be in the league. Yeah, like, come on now. It's evident that he has the skill set to be in it. And then they are people are signing these boo boo quarterbacks. I ain't never heard of them in my life. Getting people from off the street. I'm like, come on, man.
2: You know what? Th- I just this just came to me a revelation. What everyone should do in the NFL is just take out all the quarterbacks so that Colin they have no choice but to sign Colin Kaepernick.
3: New England might need a quarterback.
2: <laughs> Man, for
4: real though. What if he went to New England? Oh, that would be crazy.
3: I think that'd be a good home for him because Belichick okay. wouldn't look at him as a political uh figure. He'd look at him as a guy that's trying to be a second string quarterback. Right, exactly. Like, exactly. I think Mike Tomlin should take him. Yeah, and
4: that's the thing. I thought Pete Carroll was going to
2: take him. We all thought that. Pete
4: Carroll, had, Pete Carroll has a tons of guys that are speaking out of
2: punch. Yeah, I, you know, I, I really thought, like I said, that was going to be a good fit, and that kind of shocked me that Pete Carroll was just like, no, we're going to pass, and then you have coaches saying, you know, he just wasn't a good fit, blah, 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 didn't blah.
4: Then they, they signed
2: somebody else. Yeah. They? I was like, come on, man. So, they're that'll a good it, fit because y'all want to lose? <laughs> <laughs>
3: like,
2: I don't understand it. S-
3: so, are you playing football anymore, or are you just a family man looking for a career, or what, what's, what's the change in your life?
4: Well, right now, um, I've, ha- I've been having, like, teams interested in me as far as, like, the CFL and things like that is concerned. Um, I mean, So, <laughs> it's a weird situation, so... Um, like I have completely was like you know what, I'm done playing football. I'm just going to you know, focus on me and my family. And then all of a sudden, like agents are calling me and texting me about you know teams wanting to, you know, uh, wanting to sign me and stuff like that, and and put me in for workouts. You know, so I've been on a couple workouts um, with teams, and uh, and then you know, so they talk about because in the CFL they have an expansion period um, starting later this month um so we'll see i mean uh right now i'm just focusing on what i can control so
3: there's I'm good high really, school football in texas i bet you'd be a great coach down there
4: man i was thinking about that but i don't know man because they, they i feel like they want they, it, the because you have to be a teacher or something like that mm-hmm. and oh you'd be a great
3: to, p.e teacher
4: and that's the thing like they they want a master's degree and uh, like, i have two bachelors like economics and the human development like well, I need a master's degree for, like, physical education. Like, like yeah. the, the, the the physical education is like common sense. Everybody knows this. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on
3: now.
2: Yo, so just make sure you're not uh, eating all them honey buns you say you like to eat. Stay in shape because oh, I, we, we, I want to see you on a team.
4: Oh, man, I got you. My biggest weakness is donuts. I love donuts. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I still work out every day. Um uh, you know, Monday through Friday uh, at four o'clock in the morning, I still work out. Uh, you know, I'm not letting. I'm not going to be that football player that people thought was an old old line. Well, when they look at him, they think he's an old lineman, but he was really a skill <laughs> position player. I'm not trying to be that football player post athlete. So, you know, I'm still trying to maintain like my diet and stuff. <laughs>
2: uh speaking about you know being a family man, you, you know you don't you don't have to. Open up about this, but i I think I'm gonna ask you uh just because you know you you have been so open in the past uh but mm-hmm. you don't have to answer um Sasha and I were talking last night, and just about you know you being a father and then going through a lot you know this year with the loss of your mom uh, mm-hmm. how you know how are you feeling like the emotions going through your head right now? Uh, I
4: think I became like at peace with it. You know, it's like certainly something that you can't control. Uh, I think I just began to, you know, get more peace about it and not uh, not feel like like there is something like the doctor did wrong or or you know from a religious standpoint like oh why did why is God harming me like you know that type of thing I just you know that's just part of life and um, you know people go through things in life and you know it's just her time um, as far as you know. Like, you know, her, her, as far as time was up, you know, she was very ill, um, just randomly had, like, a, a weird stroke just happened to her, it was weird, and, um, uh, but it was just crazy, and it's, and it's, it's crazy how, like, things happen for a reason, like, I lost my mother, and then all of a sudden, now I'm about to have a, a daughter, like, you know what I mean, it's, like, not replacing her, but it's, like, I don't know how to explain it. It's She'll have
3: weird. her smile, you know? Huh? Yeah, your daughter's gonna have your mom smile.
4: Man, it's just, it's yeah. just crazy, man, it's just, so I just, yeah, it's just a lot to deal with, but I just learned to be at peace with it. I'm taking it better than a lot of, like, my family members. Um, I don't know, maybe because I just, every time I think about my mom, I just smile because, like, she, me and her is like sisters, like brother and sisters. Like, we was just that close. Like, you know what I mean? I told her everything. She told me everything. Like, and, you know, we were struggling, and uh, when we were struggling, that's how it made us so tight and tight-knit, and I just relish those moments that me and my mom had together, you know, growing up. So, like, you know, every time I think about it, I don't get, I don't cry,
2: you know, I, I just, smiling because you know that's those moments that she brings to me so
4: i'm just at peace with it now
2: do you ever feel or at first when you found out that britney was pregnant and now you know i i saw that you proposed um and everything like that so congratulations on that um thank you but do you ever at one point were you ever thinking what's the point because my mother is not going to be able to see it
4: yeah i ain't gonna lie like but the weird thing is um so, like, a week before my mom, uh, like, passed away, like, when she was in the hospital and I went out there, um, a week before, I was telling her, like, my plans for the upcoming year, you know, I, what I wanted to do. Like, I wanted, I was like, Mom, I'm thinking about, you know, getting married and stuff like that. And so, like, me and my mom talked about all this stuff that's happening right now before she passed away. So, like, even though she's not here, she, like, knows about She knew about it. Like, you know, she knew it was going to come up. So it's weird like her not being here for it but like she i talked with her about it about everything that's going on like me having like she, she's talking about how she wanted a grandbaby uh a daughter a granddaughter especially you know um to do her hair and stuff like that but uh, <laughs> it's just weird how you know, everything comes into fruition about everything and yeah it's yeah but it's cool though um it, it sucks but you know you just gotta learn to live with it and, you know
2: so, have you guys started uh, making wedding plans or anything like that? Nah, man, we are gonna go the cheap route, man. We ain't we ain't gonna spend all that money on a wedding. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: so,
4: you know, we're just gonna go to you know go to the courthouse, uh, and then just have a party at our new house. You know, um, invite friends and family over if they want to come. You know, and just you know have it like that. You know, have catering food and you know just a house party. You know, so it won't be that expensive. You know, 'cause now we got a daughter in the house to take care of, so it's like, why spend twenty thousand dollars on a wedding when you can go to the house or go to our daughter or something like that? You know, so just thinking, you know, outside the box.
2: I'm gonna hold you to that. So when you get signed uh, to a team, and you get all that money, I don't want to see a big lavish, bougie wedding.
4: <laughs> nah, you won't see that for me. <laughs> it was I heard that the the females, like parents, are supposed to pay for the wedding or something like that. True.
3: <laughs> no, uh-uh, nah it should True. be a man that pays <laughs> we pay for the rest of your life give us one day off <laughs> that's, that's a I'm big saying, one like,
2: day to take off
4: yeah that's what i'm saying like shoot if if they if she if her mom wants to pay for it then, hey we can go th- go that route but if she not then we ain't doing it we're going to the courthouse
2: look just know i fly for free for the next year so when y'all have this house party <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be there, uh, even okay. if I'm not invited. I'm going to I'm gonna just show up. I'm going to hold you to that word. <laughs> I'll be there. All right.
3: Well, thank you so much for joining us. I love talking football with you, and I'm so happy that you're doing well after everything that's gone on with you, and I'm just happy for you. So.
4: Oh, thank you. I appreciate that so much, you guys. I wish I was out in Utah so I can, like, be there actually with you guys. Like, You know what I mean? That would be awesome.
2: Well, next time you fly in, we'll do it.
4: Oh, yeah, next month I'll be there for the Stanford game.
2: All right, we got to have you in, Uh, Kenneth. Tell people where they can find you on social media.
4: Uh, You can find me on all social media: Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. I guess um, at K Scott underscore two.
2: Snapchat? What you snapping?
4: (laughs) Shoot, all funny stuff. If you want to laugh,
2: you want to laugh and have a good time. I'm the person. All right. Well, I don't have Snapchat. I just got to follow you on Instagram.
3: You're weak. <laughs> She's just dirty. She'll get in trouble. <laughs> no, I, no. I would, you know what?
2: I, we're going to end it right there. Uh, K Scott, th- thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate you. Oh, of course. Take care, guys. All right. Make sure you uh, follow us on Twitter at droppingdimes. You can also find all of our podcasts and all the other ones you want to listen to on utahpodcastnetwork.com. Come, on, come on. I see no changes.
0: Wake up in the morning and I ask myself, it's life worth living? Should I blast myself?" I'm tired of being poor and even worse, i black. My stomach hurts, so I'm looking for a purse to snatch. Cops give a damn about a Negro. Pull a trigger, kill a He's a hero. Get it a... to the kids who the hell cares? One less hungry mouth on the welfare. Ship them, don't let them deal with brothers Give them guns, step back, watch him kill each other It's time to fight back, that's what Huey said Two shots in the dark, now Huey's dead I got love for my brothers, but we can never go nowhere Unless we share with each other We gotta start making changes Learn to see me as a brother instead of two distant strangers And that's how I was supposed to be I can never take a brother if he's close to me uh. I let it go back to when we played as kids But then changed. that's the way it is Come on, come on That's just the way it is Things will never be the same That's just the way it is Oh, yeah That's just the way, it is. the way it is Things will never be the same, be the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's just the way it is Oh, yeah I see no changes All I see is racist faces Hate makes disgrace to racist We under I wonder what it takes to make this One better place Let's erase the waste it. Take the evil out the people They'll be acting right Cause both black and white And smoke tonight And the only time we chill Is when we kill each other It takes guilt to be real other, Time to heal each, each other. other And although it seems Evan since we ain't ready To see a black president uh, It ain't a secret No concealed fact The penitence we packed In this field with blacks But some things will never change Try to show another way But staying in the dope game Now tell me what's the mother to do Throw the appeal to the brother in you yeah. You gotta operate the easy way I made a G today But you made it in a sleazy way Selling back uh, to the kids I gotta get uh, paid But well, hey, uh, well, that's the way it is Come on, come on That's just the way it is Things will never be the same That's just the way it is